All right, full disclosure, I have seen this episode already, episode one of, uh, of The Book of Boba Fett. I forgot the title of the episode, but I'm going to find out soon, because instead of just doing a review right after watching it, which I normally do, I'm going to do a commentary. Uh, so this is the second time I'm watching it, but the first time I watched it, I was falling asleep, because I was, not because I wasn't riveted, I really liked it, I just, I was just very, very tired. And I was fighting to stay awake. So much so that at the climactic point of the, like, the Kraken-like monster, like, from, it's, like, reminds me of the Kraken from Clash of the Titans. When that monster was fighting, when Boba Fett was fighting that monster, I was, I was fighting my own Kraken of sleep. The sleep Kraken to stay awake. So I I replayed that scene the next day uh, just so I can get a full, uh, you know, basically a full viewing of the episode. But now... I am, uh, I'm going to watch it, and I'll do some uh, running commentary over the episode, but I won't, there won't be any dead air, so if I don't say anything, you won't hear it, but when I do, I'm going to edit it so you can just hear me speaking. Maybe I will speak through the whole episode. We'll see. So, got the Disney Plus logo. Um, so, oh, it's not, oh, so it's season one, episode one. It just says chapter one, so it's the book of Boba Fett. There's the Lucasfilm, and I love this uh, montage of, you know, Vader and BB-8 and, and a bunch of the characters from, from the Star Wars saga in there. It's really cool. Um, I do miss the A Long Time Ago in a Galaxy Far Far. I love that Star Wars logo. But the Long Time Ago in a Galaxy Far Far Away is really safe from the movies. So there is Jabba's Palace, brings us back to Return of the Jedi, one of my favorite moments of ever in my life, seeing Return of the Jedi in the movie theater. I must have been... Oh, six or seven years old. I was six years old. It was 1983. I was six years old. And there's Jabba's Throne. I had the Jabba playset as a kid and the Bacta tank. I was always fascinated <clears throat> for some reason with Bacta uh, because of its healing properties and you were underwater, so you kind of felt weightless. But it, it, it goes to show the just the physical uh, trial that Boba has been through. You can see by the scars on his body. And then it, it, he's having, so this is, this is PTSD. He's, he's having uh, nightmares about the, and we're seeing it now, the heavy duty traumatic experience he, he experienced as a little boy. He must've been 10 years old, watching his father get killed and then going off on his own to, uh, to try to survive all in the midst of a, of a, of a galactic civil war. That is heavy duty trauma. And this was amazing. This is him in the belly of the Sarlacc pit. I always imagine what the belly would be like because you're being digested over 10,000 years. It is a slow and painful death. Even though you don't live to be 10,000 years old, it is just, you're probably just being slowly just disintegrated by stomach acid. And I guess his armor, his armor being what it is, it's so good. Um, he was obviously able to, to, to survive, but most likely not without a lot of... I guess that's where the burns came from. And you see just the, the stormtrooper who's just not dead, and, and Boba just had the, the wherewithal to get some oxygen in there uh, so he can breathe and, and eventually make his way up. But this was, this was gross. Uh, it was gleefully gross. Um, and I guess he killed the Sarlacc, uh, or gave him a really bad case of, uh, of the shits or some kind of indigestion. So, so yeah, this was just so well done and so well shot. Almost too clean. This is like very, very clear. I guess I expected maybe it 
uh, maybe for it to be more gritty. But that is just a, a minor, a minor uh, nitpick here. I don't know how he's going to get out of this one. But obviously he does. And we're going to see, you know, when he gets, uh, uh, well, first is all the stuff is stolen by Jawas, those pricks. Uh, uh, and, and then just the, his, his just hero's journey, his, the, just the, the torture he goes through, uh, first by the Jawas and then by, um, by the sand people. Yeah. There's not a care in the world. They're just scavengers taking the stuff, uh, without a care about him. I thought at first that maybe the Jawas would rescue him. Then I'm like, well, why would the Jawas want to rescue him? And then when the Sand People rescue him, it kind of goes into, you know, their motivations behind it. And, you know, guessing maybe uh, they captured him so he can maybe prove himself and maybe they would take him in uh, to the tribe because what the Mandalorian did was excellent with the Sand People because the, the original trilogy uh, in A New Hope just kind of made them to be, you know, these savages and you got to stay away from the sand people. But what, what the Mandalorian did, it made the sand people kind of like the Native Americans of Tatooine. They were here well before anyone and, and they were just, uh, you know, uh, uh, pushed out uh, by colonists, if you will. So I liked that twist. You know, and they're obviously wanting to keep him alive for a reason, but man, just baked by the sun, and now he's being dragged by the Banthas. Like, how he survived this is just uh, it's hard to believe. Just going through the sandstorm and being dragged. Then he's, like, he's trying to walk, and then he's just literally being dragged. Really cool soundtrack. <clears throat> I wonder if it's the same guy who did The Mandalorian. I guess I'll check in the credits. Very, it reminds me a lot of Conan the Barbarian, you know? Just being put through the ringer. I mean, he's already... Just what a life Boba has led. And a really good performance by Tamora Morrison. I wasn't too crazy about his performance in the prequel trilogy, but I really liked him in The Mandalorian, and he was good in this episode. And it's so cool, because the Sand People were such a mysterious lot, and now we're, we're learning more and more about them, and I really like... Um, the, how they were treated in The Mandalorian and, you know, what I would imagine they're probably uh, more about... Oh, Stranger in a Strange Lands, the good, excellent Iron Maiden song, by the way. Um, but it'd be nice to see uh, uh, further exploration of their, uh, of their characters. Character. And there's the child Tusken Raider. You know, and it... At least, again, my guess is they're, they're obviously they're not killing him; they're they're torturing him. Um, but again, maybe it's a way to try and initiate Boba and the other uh, Greedo-like character uh, into their tribe if they pass the test. Because if they pass the test, you know they would be able to uh, to survive. I doubt we'll ever. I hope we never see the Sand People's faces. I kind of like the mystery. And I keep forgetting this is all kind of his dream in, in the back to tank. And I, I have a feeling the show will explore um, more of his, I hope they do anyway, uh, more of his childhood and just the trauma that he's, uh, that he's experienced. I'm so glad I'm 
awake and not fighting sleep. Because it was like, oh my god, I don't want to fall asleep. I don't. And I was just like, oh, I'm really comfortable. I'm going to fall asleep. Which is kind of what I did. I really want to chew my gum. But I won't. I started chewing gum right before I record. I'm like, oh, that's, that would be really annoying. So I will spare. I'll spare you. Unless you're into that ASMR stuff. Oh, it's called a massive. All right. See, this is the benefit of subtitles. I don't really like subtitles because they tend to give stuff away, but I have it on now just to get some more detail. So it's called a massive. Nice. Oh, Rodian. That's the name of the species. I knew that. They possibly could have escaped. But the Rodian messed it up. And the sand people aren't really worried. It's so cool because you tend to project their emotions because you don't see their facial expressions, but you can kind of tell that, that maybe the kid is just like uh, very curious about what, what Boba's doing. This looked kind of sped up, but okay, whatever. And again, it just, it, it, it almost looks too much like a set piece. I don't know if it's a set piece, but it kind of looks like one the way it's shot. Just not, it doesn't seem gritty enough, but that's okay. You know, just like that, the massive obeys. Very well trained. I guess you have to be when you're trying to survive out in the very dangerous desert of Tatooine. Uh-oh. So this looks like another trial. Um, this is, Again, this is what I'm guessing to see what he's like at hand-to-hand -hand combat. You know, he was able to escape, so maybe this is like, well, he had the skills and was, it was able to get free... Um, I want to break free. Anyway, um, so now you're going to test his metal. Not heavy metal, but metal with hand-to-hand, -hand, well, uh, not hand-to-hand, -hand, but uh, staff-to-stick combat. Ooh. Oh, I wonder how many shots to the head he's taken. I guess there's no, like, brain damage in the Star Wars universe that I know of anyway. And just the sounds from the Tusken Raiders, just, uh, you know, just very guttural. And there's most likely a, a language. You know, like, that, that makes sense. There'll be uh, Tusken Raider translation books. You know, kind of sepia tone, almost digital quality. And back to the present. Back to the Bacta. Ming-Na Wen as Fennec Shand. And apparently, I think the story goes that she thought that the character was dead in, in The Mandalorian and was, uh, I guess, greatly relieved that the character was not. She's really good. I remember her from ER a thousand years ago on NBC, must-see TV, the place to be in the 90s. Now, I said this during the, the trailer reaction, um, but this is totally the Godfather. And, and I predicted this just on the trailer. It's, it's they are expecting people to come to pay their respects. This was awesome. This was awesome. Just him, you know, getting ready for work. You know, putting his suit on. Putting his suit and tie on. A friend of mine said he, he liked it, but he didn't like that he was without his helmet. But, um, but my answer is that he's not the Mandalorian whose sect of Mando that he was a part of never took the helmet off. 
But Boba Fett is like, uh, I can take the helmet off. But as far as this, this is the, this is what he wants to uh, project, you know. And and now people are paying tribute because you know, like him or not, Boba Fett is a crime lord now, and he is getting protection money, uh, so he can protect the the business owners or citizens. So they have to pay him money so no one messes with them. Trandoshan. See, I thought it was Trandoshan, but that's the Bosque-like creature, I believe. And it was such a good joke where it's like, we don't, even if they pay a compliment, it seems like they're, they're, uh, they're threatening you. And it's just cool to hear the voice and see those characters like, like a character like Bosque and just those eyes. Oh my God. Like a character like Bosque was so mysterious. Yep. They're so mysterious, and now we're, we're the, 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 the veil is being lifted. The onion is being peeled. Yep, so these are just, this is just a lesson in subtext, just these veiled threats coming. You know, it's not what he's saying, it's, it's how he's saying it and, and what's beneath those words, the mannerisms that, the mannerism that he's using. And I believe that's uh, Twi'lek or Twi'lek that... Uh, person's species is same species as Bib, Bib Fortuna uh, the the previous uh, crime lord who took over for Jabba so this is a sign of disrespect the mayor not showing up and not uh, not even paying a tribute so it's the mayor saying I am not uh, I am not um, good with you being here Boba and you can tell the major domo he's not even threatened, he's not even scared, because he has a feeling if anything happens to him, the mayor will come down on Boba Fett, and Boba doesn't have any reinforcements aside from Fennec, at least not yet. He'll get the Gamorrean guards later, which was really cool. Yep, so they want Boba to pay them. So this is where the, the we're probably going to see this power struggle all throughout the series, and how Boba's going to... He's claimed the throne, but now we're going to see what he does to keep it, which is going to be really interesting. There's going to be physical confrontations, I think, but I think we're also going to see the mental side uh, of Boba as well. Because you probably can't get through being a bounty hunter. You need the physical acumen, but you really need the mental acumen as well. You have to be a strong negotiator, and you have to know your way around a starship, you have to be a detective, and you have to know how to fight. So it's all these different things. And your sense of morality is probably a little gray and on the fence. You're not really loyal. You're only really loyal. Well, not only, but a lot of your loyalty lies with the reward, the money. You know, unless there's some, some bounty hunters that only hunt for morals. I don't know. Boba has really... He's done work for the Empire, and I would assume has done work for the Rebellion and everybody in between. Yep. And so, so speaking of morals, though, he is laying down his code and his morals. He is not going to torture, which says something about Fett himself. Uh, I don't know if he is morally against torture or uh, at least in the Star Wars, it, it's, it's in... in the real world out here, torture is not a, a, a good, a proven form to get information out of people. In fact, it has the opposite. They kind of tell you uh, anything just for you to stop. Uh, maybe he's more of the uh, side of interrogation, which is more like a conversation than anything, as opposed to physically harming someone to get the information that you need. 
So we'll see. We'll see if uh, what his motivations behind not torturing is. I'd be interesting if, if interested if they if they go back to that. If they don't, it's no big deal. So there's Mas Espa, which is you know a desert market again, a little too clean, um, not that gritty, but that's okay. Yep. So again, we're seeing he's not extravagant, and Fennec Fennec is telling him you need to be extravagant you need to 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 show a sense of power and force and that is not boba's style and this is kind of cool you always got to have a cantina scene i don't know if this is the cantina from the new hope uh but that would be cool be kind of redone and i don't think that's the same band from return of the jedi because i believe they all perished in um in uh in in in, on Jabba's sail barge. That's what, so we're, we're seeing the, the service droid, that's what R2-D2 was made to do when, when Jabba quote-unquote captured him in 3PO. Now, Madame Garza, I said, who is she? She looks really familiar. It turns out that's Jennifer Beals, uh, who I just, ever since I was a kid, just seeing her in Flashdance, and she's had uh, a, a good career since then. But I was like, I couldn't place her. But there she is. And there you go. That's why you didn't have a litter. I walk on my own two feet. And he's just casually like, hey, I'm saying hi. You have to pay me money. And I will make sure no one messes with you. And she's just kind of nonchalant. She's like, all right, yes. You know, she's giving him all the pleasantries. You know, she's not making an enemy of him, but she doesn't seem to really be completely loyal. But she did pay him money. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. It's, it's weird. You know, maybe she's just hedging her bets. Oh, and that was the Republic symbol. That was like the symbol of the rebellion on the coins. That was pretty cool. And right now, it's just really four of them. There you go. He intends to rule respect, which is probably the reason why he, he's not going to torture. These are the parkour ninjas, which this fight was okay. It just seems, I don't know, maybe a little too choreographed. A little too Mortal Kombat, maybe, but it was still fun to watch. It seems they're either messing with them or, you know, the armor is protecting them from, like, the fatal blow. But they're skilled fighters, and like I said, there's only really four of them. And just the, the brute strength of the Glorian Guards, it's so cool to really see them in action, because you didn't really see them that much in Return of the Jedi. It was just, like, a bunch of guys in big rubber suits. But you're really seeing them fight now. You know, there's a reason that they were, you know, the guards, because they know how to fight. Oh, there's the brutality of Fett. So it looks like those sticks can electrocute and, I guess, kill, as well as those shields, I'm guessing. So if you touch those shields, you're, you're in trouble. Yeah. You figure they would have, like, rubber armor or something. But see, they're touching Boba's skin, so I, it's not going to kill him, but it's going to mess him up. It obviously messed him up a lot. So now it's Fennec against a group of them and shows how, oh, that's just, that was just so cool. He just, he just, just shot a rocket at the guy and just, the guy just exploded. So he wants them alive. And I think there's two more left, um, but he's obviously very hurt. And this is where the parkour comes in. So again, like, I guess a little too clean and a little too choreographed, uh, but that's all right. It's fun. And you just get to see just, again, how skilled uh, Fennec is. 
and she's just right along with Fett. You saw it in, in The Mandalorian, and then even some in um, oh, one of the cartoons, I forget. But she was featured in that as well. It was either Rebels or Clone Wars, or I think it was Clone Wars. I forget. Oh, oh nice. It was like a throwing star. You know, it, it reminds me of the Ninjas movies I watched as a kid. So two on one, they take out the electric prods and we get to see why Fennec is, uh, is at the side of, of Boba Fett as his you know, confidant, uh, partner, and uh, probably consigliere as well. Oh, just threw him off the roof. Yep, so he doesn't seem to be at 100%. You know, he handled himself through the Mandalorian, but, you know, he's still, you know, a lot of, a lot of suffering. And out come the dreams. Or in come the dreams. So it's like, it seems this kid is ordered to, you know, to go find water, and it's like, take these two out for a walk, and make sure you come back with some water. Whatever those rocks are that grow in the sand that have water in them, like, like little, uh, like a little cactus. Boba's obviously very tired. And that chain looks like it has some spikes on it as well. No, he's very tired. Because he's <laughs> had a rough, rough couple of days. The Rodian, though, is seems to be alright. For now. And this looks like a gang of marauders uh, robbing uh, moisture farmers. Kind of like what, uh, what Uncle Owen... Aunt Beru and Luke used to do. So their water is a commodity and they're they're robbing it from them. So I would imagine this is a, a gang, you know, they're they're tagging the walls right now. This is a gang that uh, Boba will eventually uh, meet, you know, because there's a reason uh, to put it in there. So nice little uh, foreshadowing. The kid knows enough not to engage and to hide from him. And again, it's it's more. It just seems more of the encroaching, uh, like colonialization of of Tatooine. Rodian prisoner speaks alien language, like pouring the water in front of him where he's very thirsty, and saying, you know, I care for my dog more than you. And I guess the kid's not worried. He's just kind of lounging around, as is the the massive. This was really well done. I thought it was a, a Kryat dragon or a Krat dragon, but it was some kind of Kraken creature. Uh, again, reminds me of, of uh, Clash of the Titans, which my friend Aaron and I did a, a podcast with the original Clash of the Titans a long time ago on this podcast. And, and like, I think this is a digital creation. It might be a, a hybrid, but it, it really looks good. It looks excellent. It, it, looks, it looks like a hybrid but it was very well done. And this was a brutal death from the, I thought he was gonna tear the Rodian's head off, but he just caves in his chest. Oh, yeah, that was brutal. And you just see the hands come down. Yeah, it's a team effort. Oh, like a punching bag. Yeah, it's like a centaur, kraken, arms, legs, combination of both, a pretty terrifying creature. That's such a great shot. Him standing with the sun behind him. And again, I think it's part of his code. Maybe he saw a lot of him in the kid, and I don't even. Th I, I I think he can't bring himself to harm a child. If anything, he's you know he's he's telling the child, "Hey, bring this back to your tribe, and you'll get uh, great respect." And he's probably smart enough to know there's not much I can do. There's not much anywhere else I can go. So let me try to get him the good graces 
of this tribe, and which is what he ended up doing. Very smart. Unfet's account. That's just cool costuming as well. You know, it's not the typical, and they're wearing black, where the, the typical the San, uh, Tuscan Raiders I'm used to are brown, mostly. But, uh, you know, you can tell who's the head. And that's such just a cool move. It's like you earn this water, you know. So it would be so interesting what, you know, where, where he goes with them uh, and whatever loyalty he's built with them and triumphant. Oh, and Robert Rodriguez directed this. And just this, and John Favreau wrote it. So, it, and I, I believe Dave Filoni produced this as well. So it's just, you can tell just what immense Star Wars fans they are. Like, even though I, I still think The Last Jedi is the best thing ever to happen for stars because it was, it, it, it was so different and, and envelope pushing, I really love The Mandalorian and, and this first episode because. Uh, people like Favreau and Filoni and Rodriguez, they uh, they managed to kind of bring everyone together because as much as I love Last Jedi, it was unfortunately polarizing. I think it was polarizing for the, the wrong reasons. Uh, however, this seems to have a consensus of, uh, of of most Star Wars fans, not just the not just the trolls, but they managed to have something new while maintaining uh by while being grounded in you know in the uh at least the original trilogy um so wow such great artwork um but but that being said i i still think the last jedi is grounded uh in the spirit of the original trilogy but i guess not uh maybe half the population of star wars fans don't don't see it that way but still, they, they, they managed to, to blend the worlds uh, very, very well. And kind of, like I said, peel back the onion of, uh, of certain things you, you may have wondered about, or I may have wondered about as a, uh, as a kid. So, and I did fast forward thinking, oh, is there a you know, sneak preview for next week? But I don't think there was. I'm checking again now. It's not. Uh, so, all right. Ugh. You know, it's times like this I just... I just want, I just want all the episodes out now. Uh, but anyway, I think I'll watch Under the Helmet, The Legacy of Boba Fett now. Um, so I will end this podcast. Thank you all for listening. Like I said, good episode. And I'm glad to have watched this fully awake. And I'm glad to have watched this, hopefully, uh, by keeping you some company during these trying times. So anyway, uh, speaking of trying times, just get your information from credible sources. Um, uh, we are still in unfortunate, unfortunately, the throes of a pandemic. Omicron is here. Uh, so please get vaccinated. Um, keep wearing masks. Get an N95 if you can. If not, try to double mask with a surgical mask underneath uh, and then a cloth mask over. But do your best to get legitimate N95s. Um, and, um, you know, and get your information from credible sources, not podcasters, uh, especially not anti-vax podcasters. But, you know, you can listen to a podcast from a credible source like BBC has a great podcast. NPR is a great called BBC Global News Podcast. NPR Up First is a great source of news. Uh, if reading is more your thing, uh, New York Times, Washington Post, USA Today are three really good sources. So, uh Knowledge is power, so, uh, and, and you really need to be knowledgeable 
because it very well may prevent you from getting sick and it very well may save your life. So please do that because I want you to listen to more episodes. All right. Uh, That being said, if you want to listen to more episodes, you can find me on uh, Twitter, uh, MMAM Podcast. You can find me on Facebook at MMAM Podcast. You can send me an email at MMAMPodcast at gmail.com. And you can find this podcast on Podbean if you want to look at uh, past episodes. I got, a, I got a bunch of them. I've been doing this for a little bit anytime I can. It's been busy uh, for me with other things going on, but I really try to do it as often as I can. And then it's, you know, editing the podcast and uploading it takes, takes a while, especially to YouTube and all that. But it is a labor of love because I'm not making any, any money doing this. In fact, I'm losing money, but it's okay. Like I said, it's, uh, it's a fun thing to do, and I've, I've met some cool people from doing this. So if you want to meet me, uh, not in person, ew, there's still a virus going on, but yeah, feel free to contact me. All right, talk to you all later. Bye.